Hello and welcome to episode 17 of the Kiwi Running Show, brought to you by Tempo Fit. I am Hamish Meacham and joining me today as always... Hayden Sherman. My good mate. How are you doing over there? I'm doing well, thanks. Yeah, Excellent. Um, one week to go until National Road Relays. Yeah, yeah. And you're running for Wesley Athletic and Harrier Club, is that I correct? I am, yes. How are you feeling about it, mate? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, yeah. I'm still a little bit heavy in the legs from the marathon, even though it wasn't a, a crazy, like, barely alive at the end of the marathon marathon. Yeah, I, you, I, I think tired. the technical term yeah. for what you're doing now is uh, called sandbagging. Uh, yeah, I'm doing yeah. it again. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, uh, I don't think Wesley, we're not going to win it. We, yeah. We don't have the the real big superstars like we have in the past with the Malcolm Hicks yeah. and the like, but... I I like to think we're in with a chance of a top three. Uh, that'd be yeah. brilliant to come yeah. away with a, a team medal, Athletics yeah. New Zealand team medal. So yeah, totally. And obviously, for those who are like, well, what are these clowns talking about? Now, the National Road Relay. Yeah, is it's this weekend, right? Yeah, this and, Saturday in Rotorua. Yeah, which so. is really it's the culmination of the cross country and road season here in New Zealand. Yeah. Um, so most of the big clubs will put in you know, a number of teams, and it's always really hotly contested. Junior grades, senior men's, senior women's. Yep. Masters. The masters. Masters is amongst the most competitive. Yeah, so, they take it really serious. Yeah, they do. <laughs> and also, uh, you know, equally serious about the aftermatch uh, function. Yeah. And there's a guy called uh, Chris Corney who's in charge of organising this year's one. And <laughs> yeah. I've been on the drink with Chris a few times, and I can tell you, you're in for a ripper of a night if he's organised. He's, <laughs> he's a good man. He knows what he's doing on the running front. He's uh, run under two thirty for a marathon, and he knows nice. what he's doing on the on the drinking front the drinking as well. Front. So it's got that covered. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's going to be a great Saturday, and we yeah. look forward next week to running down on all the results. But right now, we're going to run down on the results from this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Should we start yep. in our own backyard? Um, Let's. The Devonport Half Marathon. Yep. Um, it was a terrible day. It yeah. Just, Bucketed with rain. I was sitting at home um, with a steaming hangover, um, <laughs> and I thought about going down and watching, but I just like yeah. the weather was the the don't leave your house type of weather. Yeah. Like it was really not just raining, like bucketing down. Uh, yeah, so, it was pretty torrential. Um, so look, looking at the times, keeping that in mind, Andreas Romanos from Lithuania winning in one sixteen. Yeah, one sixteen thirty four, not bad. And uh, Tara, Takapuna's Brad Luton running one seventeen oh four. So uh, Brad races so, a lot. So that's, yeah, yeah, and I think that's about seven minutes off his best. So yes, whether he was going all out or whether that's just a sign of the conditions in the hills of the course. I think I don't the know. conditions and Brad will be priming for our national road relays as well. He um, probably yeah. he's one of the leaders of the Takapuna team. Uh, yes. Takapuna is pretty similar to Wesley. That doesn't quite have the the big guns that it used to. Stephen Lett's probably running, but he's you know he's he's not in he's his not best form. Yeah, no. Um, but yeah, that that'll be a great. Team. It's the cool thing about the relays. Just sorry to um, yeah. digress a little bit, but um, it, it brings out those guys who are n- not living in their glory days at the yeah. moment, but they focus on this as their their big Olympics. Yeah, every yeah. Year. It is. I mean, it's it's, it's almost cool. coaxed me out of retirement a couple of times. Yeah, I say almost, yeah. but yeah, it's <laughs> it's great for the sport. But um, yeah. also on the women's side, Nancy Jiang um, from Hamilton was the first woman. Nice. I remember that name. Uh, she did quite well in the Waikato Road Champs, I believe, a few ah, weeks ago. So good cool. running there. She took the win in one twenty four fifty ahead of Marissa. Ruth uh, of uh, who ran one thirty oh seven, so just over one thirty. So good running from the woman. Moving down the country to Tauranga, Craig Kirkwood, uh, the old man, the winner of the <laughs> City to Surf twelve k in Tauranga. He ran thirty seven forty ahead of Samuel. Oh no, ahead of Kyle McDonald, who he coaches. Yeah, and, uh, just seven seconds behind you him. Can't and... beat the coach, eh? Yeah. <laughs> oh well, you could, you should, Kyle. You should. Anyway, uh, Samuel... he's holding something back clearly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. you don't have to do that workout. It, it won't yeah. help you at all. Yeah, yeah. Don't uh, just just cut the long run down. Just yeah. to twenty k, you'll be yeah. fine. But you're doing thirty today. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry about me. Yeah. Yeah. You just focus on yourself. Um, Samuel Samuel Tanner in third, uh, just over thirty nine minutes. Woman's side. 
Alice Mason taking out the win, 40 minutes and 59. Alice Mason has got a, a great kind of domestic history. She's done yeah. quite well on the track in the past. So That's some fast times, too. Yeah, good to see Alice's uh, name back in it. Yeah, like yeah. 12K, 40-59, yeah. that's flying. So what would that... It's at least, what, 320-something oh, yeah, per K? Going through 35-ish in the 10K, yeah. so that's good. Uh, Margie Atho second in 41.58, and Ali Wilson in third. So great running there. Um, domestically... That's about it, I think. A few pub runs, as always. Some some good times being put up. A lot, a, yeah. A lot of athletes um, using pub runs as final tune-up races to the road relays. So oh yes, some good running. But um, in other Kiwi action overseas, the US collegiate cross country season has kicked off, and so it's mm. really great to see. We've got about seven or eight uh, guys or girls um, who are racing last weekend, and I've got a I've got to pick out a standout, um, which is uh, Harry Ewing. In his first year at um, the University of Wyoming, yep. uh, he's run 8K in 25.56. And uh, so finishing 45th in his um, cross-country debut for yeah. Wyoming at the Roy and, Griak Invitational. And which that's is a, a real big, big race, yeah. Big race, yeah. Lamar yeah. used to go to this one. So he's he's done really well there on debut. Often athletes struggle in yeah. their debut year. So, yeah, great running, Harry Ewing. And interesting to see, I was... I was checking out the coaching situation. There are there's a girl I used to run with at Lamara Kiwi, Amanda King, now Amanda Clower, who's the assistant coach. Yeah. And then the head coach, Brian Berryhill, who uh any old people like me will remember <laughs> Brian Berryhill used to come out and race in New Zealand. Oh, really? uh, or at least came out for a season back in uh, I think two thousand and one. So nice. broke four minutes for the mile at Wanganui. So yeah, yeah good little Kiwi connection uh developing over at Wyoming. Yeah. And for those who don't know much about a college cross country in the states, it's basically, it's probably the English Premier League of of team running in in the world. Like it's this great competition where it, it's about individual performances, but it's about teams as well. So, um, people all over the world follow what's happening with colleges yep. in the, the Division One, and it's just super competitive like yeah you know here in new zealand uh, if you're running under four minutes for 1500 as a high schooler you did set guaranteed one of the top five guys in new zealand yeah if you're running the same or the equivalent time so say 417 for the mile you might not even be in the top 100 in the states yeah. you know just they've got incredible depth yeah, and, and they bring uh, Africans and Kiwis oh, yeah, and yeah. Aussies yeah. and Yeah, adds to and, that mix, yeah. all of the internationals, so it's crazy. It is really cool. Um, one, uh, a couple of other little bits of international news we missed. Um, Paul Martelletti, um, a couple of weekends ago, ran the Great North Run Half Marathon, 105.23 to finish in 11th place. That's a really yeah. strong international field, so he did well there. But that was just a warm-up. Um, just last night, the BMW Berlin Marathon, uh, he finished 20th in 2.16.58. So that's just nine seconds outside of his previous personal best. So wow. great to see Paul Martelletti has kind of bounced back from that disappointment of uh, not getting to Rio and, and is back pretty much to running his best. Yeah. So And in that race, I was stoked to see Bikili, Kenanisa Bikili, who's the world record holder for the 5 and 10K, absolute distance running legend. Yeah. But he's been sort of trying to crack the marathon and hasn't lived up to, I guess, his potential yep. from what his track performances would say. But mm. this time he came seven seconds outside the world record. Yeah, this uh, is kicking Wilson Kipsang, former world record holder. So, mm. so really ran, cool. Man. Ran the marathon in 20303, <laughs> which is just... I find I find it difficult to get my head around it actually. Like it's out of control. That's two fifty five per k. Crazy fast, yeah. yeah. This is faster than what a lot of New Zealand's kind of good domestic runners do three k in. Yeah, you know. It's, yeah, well, I was thinking three uh, k would be as far as I could hang with that. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah hey, great running, and, and he really is a legend. It just a kind of bit of egg on the face of the Ethiopian um, Olympic Committee for not selecting him for Rio. He <laughs> wanted to go to Rio and run the marathon. They didn't select him. 
Imagine so, if Athletics uh, New Zealand left a 203 guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it won't happen, but <laughs> I if, only, well, if only we had know, those problems. We've, we've, we've left behind good athletes previously, but yeah. you know the selectors nowadays, uh, they walk a thin line. I, 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 you know, It's a tight line between sending athletes who deserve to go have the potential versus sending athletes who are going to represent New Zealand to a, to a good level. So. Yeah. And speaking of representing New Zealand to a good level, we're going to go now to... What a segue. Yeah, an and interview with our good mate Hamish Carson. He's just got back from Rio a few weeks ago, and he's running the road relay this Saturday. So um, a great interview coming up with Hamish Carson. Well, on the phone today with us, we have Hamish Carson, um, who has been training hard... Uh, Basically, preparing all season long for this weekend coming at the New Zealand Road Relays. Is that about right? Using the exactly. Olympics as oh, a bit yes. of a warm up race? The, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, like road Relays is definitely the uh, the Scottish Olympics. Yeah, um, like a, and so you're going for a reverse pyramid. So normally you, you do your endurance work first and speed second. You've obviously put a, a heavy speed emphasis uh, first <laughs> with the Olympics, just as, as the peak to that, and then coming back to the endurance for this well, uh, this weekend. I've ended up having about a six-week um, super taper. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, have not trained very much since, since then, so uh, I should be fresh as a daisy come and, Saturday. And so obviously you, you run with Wellington Scottish, who are one of the favourites and a really strong club, particularly uh, amongst the senior men. Has there been any talk of, of knocking you down to the B team with this layoff, or <laughs> is your, your spot secure in hey, the, the A team? And the B team's the best team, isn't it? Oh, I, I was with the with the B boys one year, and it was it was bloody fantastic. So much fun. But yeah. uh, but this year, I have been given the honour and privilege of maintaining my spot in the A team. So oh, good work. I'll do what I can on the day. <laughs> and what's the what's the feeling like in the camp there with Wellington Scottish? Because um, I mean, you guys are usually, and I say you guys, I'm. I'm still half Scottish, even though I'm running for Wesley up in Auckland. Oh yeah, at least you're still yeah. running in yellow. I yeah, mean, no. yeah. us guys have had a had a wee chat about it, and we've decided that <laughs> our main goal was going to be to make sure that we stay here to Wesley this year. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, so you better watch out, Hayden. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, it's probably, I was sort of looking at the start list. It's probably you guys and ACA, I want to say. But uh, what yeah, what's your sort of... pretty strong. What's your thoughts on? Um, yeah, ACA. I, I think I think you guys at Wesley uh, aren't looking too too shabby, um, and uh, New Brighton always. You know those Cantabrians. Oh, they always yeah. come out with something. Yeah, uh, I, I shouldn't. I should have remembered to mention them as well. So exactly, yeah. and the uh, and the Wellington, the the, the Wellington Blue. Wellington nice. Harriers, the the other club in Wellington. Uh, yeah, yeah, that one we dare not speak about. Um, <laughs> no, no. Um, in all seriousness, they've uh, they've put together a, what looks to be a really strong team led by Tim. So obviously, there's a there's a great sort of friendly rivalry between all the all the clubs. And we mentioned before, in case it was we missed it, we're probably talking New Brighton. Auckland City Athletics, uh, maybe Wesley up there, but certainly Scottish and then Wellington Harriers as well for the guys. And I notice no one is mentioning Takapuna Harriers. Oh, let's, yes. Let's, yeah. not, let's not rule out the uh, Tack Attack. Um, <laughs> slightly older, more mature team and, and calm heads rule the day often. So just yeah. just dropping them in there. Now, uh, hey, you've got to be in it to win it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hamish, hey, have you got... Oh, uh, Oh, carry on. Sorry, oh, I was just going to ask: have, have you guys got a bit of a plan of attack? Like, are you going to go out hard at the start, or um, try to bring it home with your stronger runners at the end? I think we're we're, we're just going to take it hard and uh, keep it hard and finish hard. <laughs> That's yeah. what we'll be doing. Mm. And uh, do you know what leg you're on? How far are you running? Uh, we still haven't uh, haven't. Made our final uh, call on uh, on the league selections. I think this is. Uh, a and I will be keeping keeping the uh, the team cards close to my chest. Uh, yeah. 
that was yeah. I was fishing for a bit of information there, but yeah, yeah, good diversion. That's excellent. All we know is that uh, Reese Buck won't be on leg one. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Excellent. Oh, very good. Well, it's exciting and well, well obvious. What about what about Napier? Oh my gosh. Oh, Stefan Smith back in the mix as oh, well. God, is it? Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Great yeah. news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, brilliant. Oh, all these, all these previous uh, Scottish runners, they keep keep going to other clubs. Yeah, well, we're all staying in yellow though, so that's the main. Yeah. Thing. Good. Very good. Um, now, obviously, you did go to the Olympics a couple of months ago, so we we do want to talk about that as well as the New Zealand road relays. So, um, first of all, massive congratulations for getting selected. I know that was uh, um, obviously a massive dream for you, um, and it came true. So, do you want to sort of tell us? what your feelings like when you got that call or did you get an email or how did you find out when you got announced? Um, well, I was in Flagstaff at the time. Um, and uh, Flagstaff, yeah, Arizona, I, I, not Flagstaff, Arizona, Hamilton. No, that's right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just wanted to clarify there. Both so great it, running environments. Yeah. It, yeah. It had, it had been really touch and go, um, whether I would make the team. It was, it was yeah. looking good. There was a there was a list out um, this uh, this website called Road to Rio which listed uh, all the all the, uh, the athletes yeah. Um, yeah yeah all, all the candidates uh, so the uh, the the top forty five got to go um, and I was I was hanging you know between about forty and forty five and then wow. then got down to as low as thirty seven and then and then started going up again with with different different ones coming in. Um, and, uh, and we, we had to also worry about countries that can just uh, enter, um, in, in, uh, oh, yes. in yep. an event. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and the, uh, the, the, uh, ref, 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 uh, what was it there? The independent, um, Olympic athlete and the refugee yep, Olympic the refugee. team as well. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. So yeah, there were, there were those, those two, uh, Little uh, cans of worms to be opened. Yeah, um, totally. So I, I, I wasn't wasn't totally sure. Um, I had had made the call just to um, do my two month training block and and stop chasing that time uh, three weeks before the end of the cutoff. Yeah. Mm. Um, so I, I was keeping my fingers and toes crossed. <laughs> um, was was hoping it was going to come off. Uh, in the end, I uh, I woke up one morning at about four in the morning um, because we were doing our, uh, our track sessions um, down at a, a lower altitude. Mm. Yeah. And so so we'd get up and try and be on Rio time for some oh, reason. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is some logic uh, behind uh, it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it seemed, seemed like it at the, at the time. But, um, <laughs> yeah, in, in hindsight, I would have loved a bit more sleep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but uh, anyway, so I uh, I, I check check my phone and there's a whole uh, whole lot of Facebook messages and oh wow. and uh, yeah people are uh, people are like oh congratulations you're on the team <laughs> so uh, I, was, I was like oh my gosh and and, and there was a there was a link um, and the and the link wasn't working it was to the IOC website oh, no. and, uh, <laughs> and yeah so I so I found out later that it had been uh, been a uh, Made public too early, um, oh, yeah. In, in in error by the by the AOC and um and so yeah uh, yeah I was like oh what's what's going on but uh I got a got an email from um from Athletics New Zealand later on just uh, saying that yes yes you are actually in the team um so I was stoked with that awesome um yeah and uh, so. Nick and Jules and I got together that night and had a had a we uh, um sit sit uh, a, a wee dinner um together and uh, toasted our success. So nice. we were yeah, so happy. Just oh happy man, out. yeah, that must have been a pretty special feeling, especially with all three together at the time. Um, yeah, it was very cool. Yeah, and and then uh, you guys sort of stayed on in the states training. Um, and when did you actually arrive in Rio? Because you didn't arrive for the opening ceremony and all that. Um, carry on, did you? No, um, Julian and I we left on the on the ninth um, and got in on the on the tenth. Yeah. Uh, so our, our race wasn't till the 
16th or do we leave on the 10th? One of those. We, we got in about five or six days before mm-hmm. anyway. And, um, Nick didn't get in until about two days before. Wow. Uh, and we uh, we spent about a week back in, in, uh, in, in Ann Arbor in Michigan um, after yep. our, our month at Flagstaff, just doing a bit of faster speed work. Awesome. And then, yeah, we were we were in Rio, and it was all on. Cool. And and tell us a little about that experience. We've we've heard a lot about Rio, the Olympics, the environment. You know, good and bad. But you know, from a first time Olympian's point of view, what what were your main take homes from the events? Um. Well, I mean, we we didn't really. Uh, expect much but all the all the all the media um was was uh, pretty uh, down on rio for yeah, quite yeah. some time leading up to it and so you know the the zika virus and crime and 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 all that and them not really having any money to put the olympics on it's <laughs> <Yeah. And> so, <laughs> the same old story yeah every olympics yeah, yeah. comes around like, yeah it was athens yeah. all over again yeah but uh but yeah, we uh, we got there anyway. The the people were were really nice. Um, it was a was a very poor um, city. Um, so on the on the way from the from the airport to the village, took about an hour and a bus ride. And um, going through some of those neighbourhoods, it was pretty sad how uh, some people have to live. Wow. Um, but yeah, we we got to our village and um, started um, getting ready for the. For a big day on the 16th. Awesome. And in the village, is it kind of like you're looking around and there's superstars of world sport walking around? or? Yeah, yeah. You know, Usain Bolt just just strolling along. Strolling around, getting some chicken McNuggets from McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, um, no, so we all had the, had the big uh, dining hall, um, which all the athletes from all the different countries used together. And so you got to... Got to see um, everyone coming and going. Cool. Um, but uh, but yeah, our uh, our um, part of the village, um, we were in a big uh, um, block of um, of of rooms um, uh, with the Irish un- underneath, and oh, so nice. it was uh, pretty pretty fun getting to spend a bit of time with the with the Irish people. Um, so yeah, they had the had the bottom floors of this uh, big high rise. Um, complex, and we had the top floors. Wow, yeah, it was cool. And so, yeah, it was it's like this forest of buildings. It was crazy. I, I really wasn't expecting a village to be uh, to be like that. It definitely wasn't a village. It was more like um, the CBD of Wellington. Yeah, <laughs> wow, that's awesome. <laughs> and was it hard to train in that environment? I mean, I guess most of your training was in the bank already, but um, was it hard to stay focused, or did you kind of just want to go out and watch? sport watch weightlifting and hockey and all these random sports yeah there we um i didn't i didn't get a chance to go and see any of the sports um before my race um um so we weren't allowed to leave the village unless we were going to another venue and it was just just because of the um concerns around uh the crime and all that yeah for sure Um, and so there would all of us would just be running, running around the the the, the village. So we had a uh, about a one mile gravel loop. Um, yeah, that we would just go around and around. Really? And around. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, cool. it, it wasn't too bad. It's it's fine when you when you're in your taper and you don't have to do that much running anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, Do they yeah, have a gym there, there a, as well? Yeah, I didn't didn't use the gym. We actually um the the uh, um, Kiwis actually had our, our own gym as well. So oh, nice. I think some of the some of the strength athletes would have been using that. Yeah. Um, yeah, not me. I'm <laughs> I'm glad you didn't go and try to outbench like Tom or Jacko. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, just, just see if I could get a bit of extra arm training in. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect timing. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, tell us about the race. Um. The your heat was the oh, I can't remember off the top of my head. Was it the second, second or third? Yeah, yeah, the really slow one. Yeah, ah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it ended up being uh, being rather similar to the to what the what the final was. Um, yeah, no one totally. wanted to lead. Yep. Um, I wasn't going to lead. 
Uh, so <laughs> I just, um, I mean, we we started, I think, the first fifty meters. Everyone got off the line pretty quick, and then yeah, uh, as they do, and then the the, uh, the brakes went on, <laughs> and um, we were dawdling. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and I I moved moved around. I I felt I was in a pretty decent um, position for much of the first half of the race, uh, and uh, about in second or third um, on the outside. And then with uh, with about 600 metres, the pace just started to increase a wee bit. Yeah. Um, going going around the around the bend, um, coming into the home straight for the second to last time. Yeah. I uh, I felt like it was starting to move on on the inside a bit, and so I ducked into the inside behind two others. Yeah. Um, that turned out to be not such a great move, because um, I got got trapped by that stage and. And then uh, suddenly the the bell was going, lap to go, and uh, it was it was all on sprinting, sprinting as hard as we could. Wow! Yeah. Uh, we most of us finished in between about 52 and 53 seconds for that final final yeah. lap, but um, in around 120 or 121 for the final 600. Yeah, sure. And and uh, yeah, I just. Uh, just was caught um, caught back a bit and and didn't didn't manage to to quite get back into that that top six spot so yeah bit a bit, fr- bit frustrating there but um so I I'm, felt like I gave my best on the day anyway yeah totally and I'm sure you've relived that that decision to go inside Probably, rather uh, than outside a few uh, times yeah um ha- ha- like if you replayed the race again do you think you'd You'd go to the front and make the pace a bit more honest, or um, I mean, it's difficult yeah, it's, in hindsight to look at these it's things. It's easy in hindsight to to say that that probably would have been a, a good thing to do um, to to make it fast, so that I could have been one of those time qualifiers. But yeah. I was going in just uh, solely focused on being one of one of the top six and not yep. worrying about the time at all. And so, um, yeah, that's that's how the cookie crumbles, I guess. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, well, um, it, I mean, I was watching well, it live, and it was really amazing to watch to watch you go for it and uh, wear the black black singlet in the oh, race. It was, so. it was great, great to be a part of it. Yeah, yeah, really, really happy. I uh, I could be uh, in in the team and um, get that um, Olympic that first uh, those first games under my belt. Um, yeah. Hopefully, it won't be the last. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Well, and and on that, would certainly share that hope. What's you know, four more years uh, until Tokyo, and obviously you're indicating you're keen to push on to then. But in the medium term, you know, what are you, are you going to be sticking with the fifteen hundred? What are your plans this domestic season? Yeah, yeah I I feel like I've still got more to give in the fifteen hundred. Um, so I'll be uh, I'll be using uh, this this next season just to just to keep seeing if I can take some more chunks of time off that. Mm-hmm. Um, three thirty-six now. If I can, if I can just take one second off um, in the in the next four years, then three thirty-two. I think I'd I'd be in a pretty pretty good shape um, leading into Tokyo. And so yeah, awesome. that's and that's the that's the general plan anyway. Um, yeah. Obviously, World Champs in, in London next year, followed soon after by the by the, uh, the uh, Com Games. Yeah, Coast. Yep, looking forward to those two. So. Awesome. Yep, I'll just keep on going. Yep. Yeah, and and brushing shoulders with the likes of Nick Willis and those, you know, those three thirty below guys. Um, what do you kind of see as the, like like the key ingredient that you want to add to your your training diet? I suppose to take those few seconds off. Yeah, I'm still still mulling mulling that over. Um, yeah. Obviously, uh, training with Nick, I've been able to learn learn a huge amount from him. Yeah. Um, I. Uh, I, I want to uh, try try not to um, completely change things. Um, yeah, I think yeah. if I just just keep uh, keep on a gradual Im- improvement curve, then um, then uh, I I could uh, do some really good things. Awesome. Um, yeah, it's I, I don't think there's there's much um, much difference in how how the best in the world are uh, are training. Yeah, um, yeah. I think it's just about tweaking things and making sure you're doing. Um, the, uh, the the right things for for you as an individual, and so yeah, yeah I'll uh, I'll keep mulling that over, and um, 
Awesome. Hopefully, I I find a few more seconds in there somewhere. Yeah, and and so we're recording this. You've just finished a a day in the office, um. So you're obviously back to full time work. Is is the plan? Yeah, yeah. Is, is the plan still to um you know take advantage of your generous employer and head over and do a European season each year? Or yes, that would be very nice. Um, yeah. Pete, my, my boss, um, if you're listening. Um, I <laughs> he's, a, he, he's a great guy, Pete. I can't say enough. Yeah, good, yeah. Good, put good a plug in for Pete. the business. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Ground Truth and Pai Kakariki. Yeah. For great, all, yeah. great company. Excellent, excellent. Good. Ecological consulting. If yeah. you need if you need any advice about native <laughs> trees, you can come right here. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. Good. We need a little jingle to finish off that yeah, little plug. Yeah, that would, I, I love it. Add you guys as a show sponsor or something like that. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's cool. Um, well, we should probably let you go because it's the the end of a busy day for you. And um, no doubt you've got to go and cram in some more training to to get ready to um, match oh, up with Wesley yeah, at the just, weekend. Uh, <laughs> just just go from 30k to 160k that's how you're supposed to increase your mileage <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah yeah, yeah but, no, just, um, don't, don't. Really, really look looking forward to heading up to rotorua and uh catching up with everyone and uh yeah, seeing, totally. seeing what what we can do um it's always such a fun event so yeah it, it should be good should be fun i think the oh, dream outcome is if wesley can get a bit of a lead and then you can be on the same leg as Hayden and just uh, <laughs> give him a give him a little oh. tap on the behind when you when you come past. <laughs> there you go. Watch yeah. out. Yeah, excellent. Mm. Uh, yeah, so I'm just just on my bike uh, biking home, um, and so I obviously uh, I can get a get a bit more uh, endurance training in just by commuting to and from work. So uh-huh. that's brilliant. Good that's work. Brilliant. Oh, very good. Well, be be safe on the bike, and um, we look forward to catching up with you again in the future um, over the next few years as you head towards Tokyo. Thanks for your time, Hamish. Look, guys, take it easy. Cheers. See ya. So, fifteen hundred meter runner Hamish Carson, great guy. Yeah, really, he's he's really good, good for a chat, and yeah. um, you're never going to confuse myself and Hamish Carson because he's got that upbeat, <laughs> chirpy voice, and I've got that kind of like pack a day smoker drink too much whiskey kind of nasally the great voice. radio voice yeah yeah <laughs> slightly annoying radio voice yeah. i've listened to myself let's not overstate it. it's pretty pretty nasally pretty annoying but no i really enjoy talking to him and i you know yeah. he's been on the show he's the first two-time uh interviewee on That's the show yeah. so he's practically a co-host and so i really look forward to kind of um, catching up with him as he as he stays uh, on track with his career. Yeah. Um, and well, it's yeah. given him that hope that okay, Olympics is done. He doesn't need to you know hunt after those times. Now yep. he can actually be like, right, I've proven to myself that I am in in that conversation of the best in the world. So how do I go about beating them? And, yeah. And well, and I really them? I really like the it's it's just a second a year. Yeah, you know, and yeah. you break the, you break one second down over three hundred and sixty five days. Yeah, you know, and you just have to get a little fraction of a second better each day. You yeah. know, totally. So yeah, very. And the thing is, last year he was out with a double broken arm. He broke both his arms, <laughs> and yeah. So that when you look over time, you really, as runners, you need that big base, and so he yeah. lost that last year. So this mm. year, you got to say he's not um, he's not working off a massive base yep. not an ideal base so yeah it'll be interesting if he stays injury free what he can do next year yeah and this is exciting for our domestic season because yeah you know if we get him nick uh eric julian, julian all, yeah. all racing 1500s together throwing a few other guys a few up-and-comers these these races are going to be cracking yeah they're gonna you know get down to a local track and check this stuff out because yeah we've got some oh and you know throw in throw in there eliza mccartney you know chicks on sticks uh (laughs) liam liam malone running around on sticks himself pretty fast and you know um, you were saying before how much is liam malone blowing up and and i came back and said hey we picked it early you know we've been talking about malone for months and um you know, some of you long-time listeners probably were rolling your eyes when I was first <laughs> going on about this uh, New Zealand Blade Runner. 
Um, but now you'll you'll be talking about him around the real water cooler, and and I'm sure, like everyone else, looking forward to seeing him on the track this summer. Yeah, and I was talking to Gareth from uh, Athletics New Zealand, and and he's lining up some really good meets over the summer. Yeah, uh, all around the country. So yeah, you know, Hastings, Wellington, Auckland, Christchurch, everyone's yep. going to get their chance to see all of our Olympic and Paralympic stars in action. So. I know it's great. Yeah, it's really fantastic, and it's yeah. um. I think he's going to give our 400 guys a hurry up. Like, oh, yeah. no, and not just in a negative way, yeah. but if you were a New Zealand 400 guy, um, you know, it's got to be motivating knowing there is going to be someone out there running 46 low, 45 yeah, high. Yeah. And you've got someone to pull you around that, yeah. that straight. We have never, we've Nothing never else. had that in our yeah. history here in New Zealand. We have never had that. So yep. it's, a, it's a really good opportunity. So, yeah, cool. That, anyway, um, Training talk. Training talk. So this week, um, I discovered a few articles online talking about, um, I guess, resilience and one of the characteristics that separates the people who really excel between those who are just kind of good. So, you know, when we talk about, um, if if you have a think about people that you might know who have been successful um, outside of the school setting, um, and then have a think about people who were successful in the school setting, but didn't move on from that. Yep. Yep. Um, and so I guess that's what we're, we're looking at. And um, and for most of us, I kind of want to frame this picture of where are you at at the moment and how can you get the most most out of your own training? Yeah. So there's this one study, and I'll, I'll post the link to it on um, on the show notes, but here's a quote from the abstract of the study. So they said, uh, the vast majority of such systems, and by that they meant talent development systems, so finding finding young people and... Um, getting them to be good. Yeah, getting them to be good. Um, those systems expend a great deal of effort maximizing support to the young athletes and trying to counter the impact of naturally occurring life stresses. We suggest... Oh, my screen's just gone blank. We suggest that mu- much of this effort is misdirected, that in fact talented potential can often benefit from or even need a variety of challenges to facilitate eventual adult performance yeah and so, and so yeah. what they're saying there is that you, the the instinct with a talented youngster or, or any talented individual is to insulate them a little bit yeah and so keep them away from all of those stresses that a normal young person would face so then they have the time to focus on their training and performance and blah 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 and so you're saying not a good idea yeah they they almost need to be thrown in the deep end a little bit and have some hardship Mm. and i I don't want to criticize any sports but when i think of talent development uh, programs in new zealand i immediately think of football yep and swimming yes um of which i would say we don't really live up to our potential Potential. at the moment yeah Um, there's a few uh, freaks that come out but um the number of people who at the age 12 or 13 who are massive promising swimmers or footballers you mm. think they're the next all white they're going to the olympics yeah and then hit 17 18 nothing yeah um and i i do wonder whether it's because they've been cotton wooled a bit they sure they're doing really hard work but mm. they have everything structured and sorted for them and they don't have that um that freedom to fail um, yeah yeah and to pick themselves up from that failure yeah well and and i was thinking about the impact of this and it's twofold so if you can't handle the jandal so to speak if 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 you haven't gone through that sort of roughness and and develop that resilience then you might get to the the call room of your olympic final and you know your shoes aren't in the bag or you know your singlet is has got a rip in it or something and you and and you won't be able to handle that little upset you won't be resilient enough to get over it so that's one yeah it yeah. could affect your performance on the day i think more important than that is through your day-to-day training and i, yeah. I gave this example a personal example before uh the show so for myself i consider myself a resilient person but i actually when I look back at my time as a runner, I was not at all resilient. Okay. So I, I, particularly before I went to Lamar, so from the ages of 14 through to 
22, yeah, 23-ish, um, I, I looked at all of my training diaries and then when I didn't have training diaries, I kind of thought really hard on what was going on. Um, and I figured out that I missed through the course of a year about 45 training sessions. Yeah, wow. Yeah, which, you know, was over, I missed over 10% of my training sessions. And then yeah. there was always an excuse. So I was always, you know, a little bit sick or a little you just tired or I'd gone out and had a big night on the drink or yeah. I got called into work or I had to look after my like I always had excuses but really you know if you're trying to be the best there shouldn't be any excuse and I just wasn't yeah. resilient enough yeah. so you know I was I was not you know a I, I, I didn't have that mental toughness but b I wasn't coping with little roadblocks along the way yeah those little things yeah, yeah. and so missing more than 10% of my training just had a disastrous effect on my development yeah. as a runner. Um, and it's only one workout a week or less than one It was less than week. one workout a week. And it yeah. was always in my head, it was just life. So yeah. life was getting in the way, but it wasn't. It was, um, I, I wasn't resilient enough. There was little life stresses and I wasn't equipped to, to deal with them and still do the training that yeah. I needed to do. So, and, and that yeah. culminated over a number of years to really limit my development as an athlete. Wow. Would have I gone to the Olympics? No, probably not. Am I happy with my PBs? No, definitely not. Could have gone significantly faster than, than all of those times. So yeah. mm. it is what it is. But, you know, and this, this, this is interesting to me. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. How do you think this applies to... I guess the everyday runner. Yeah, I mean, as a running coach, I definitely there's two types of runners. There's the runner who gets their their stuff done. Yeah, you, you catch up with them, and they're like, "Yep, run to plan." Bearing in, in mind, I, I had the flu, so I couldn't get that long run done three weeks ago. Or, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. And then there's the other type of runner who's like, "Ah, oh, you know, work sort of got in the way. I've put." The, the training on hold of um I, I just haven't been able to do it i d decided not to do that 5k time trial and just mm. um did a spin class instead that and there's a lot of those sorts of excuses that prop up yep. and by far and away the the people who are successful in that first group the yep. people who are not successful are in the second group and yep. by successful i mean sticking with the sport um achieving their goals getting faster getting yeah. fitter all, all that stuff and yeah. now and now this is about behavior so yeah if you're in the second group there's nothing that says that you can't move into the first group yeah, so yeah. what i mean yeah what are there any sort of methodologies to implement if you're if you're one of those people in the first group if, if you're yeah, a, totally. a hamish well I, I think one of the one of the big tips that i'd give people is do something every day that scares you the old the yeah. old saying um do, and, the, do the hard stuff yeah, yeah yeah so whether that's a running further for your long run than you ever have before doing a workout that's faster than you've ever done before or just making sure that you get that run done, even though you're busy, you've got things to do, you've got to get up slightly earlier than usual. Yep. Um, so you're doing those things every day, those small things that just, just scare you a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, and what I'd say to sort of counter that is also being aware of that stress recovery um, cycle that we talk about a lot. So that although you're going to scare yourself massively with this race coming up, you've also got a period of training after that, which is going to be nice and easy and yep. mentally is going to be less taxing. So you don't want to be mm -hmm. totally freaked out by your training every day because from a physiological point of view, you're going to break down, but also from a mental point of view, you're, you're not going to be able to handle that and keep going. So yep. um, understanding that is really important. Um and and also I'd say put yourself in an environment that's that's scary. So get out there and train with people who are actually better than you. Um, like look at Hamish Carson. He could have stayed in, in Wellington and trained with guys who are not as good as him. Yeah. But he went and trained with Julian and, and Nick Willis, guys who are pulling him up to their level. So yeah. um, the environment, 
the five people that you surround yourself with, you're some of. Um, yeah. And so you get in that environment that really pushes you and whatever whatever your goal might be. So whether it's getting faster or whether it's running your first half marathon or um, maybe doing a trail ultra or something, get in the environment of people who are doing that, Yeah. Uh, that step ahead or two steps ahead of where you are. And it might be a bit scary, but get into that environment and, and let your improve, let your let yourself reach those goals because of that that stress that you're putting on yep. on yourself that that trauma that mild trauma that you're yeah, putting yourself through. Yeah. yeah i tell you there's um an example that you were talking about um off air earlier um and i usually just um hate using the example <laughs> of the all blacks um as winners because you know rugby's yeah. not a real sport um <laughs> per se there's not it's not particularly competitive internationally but having said that as we're talking through... I think there's some truth in that statement. Yeah. As you're talking through, there are actually a lot of parallels to what the All Blacks have done. So yeah, yeah. if we go all the way back to 2007, there was a, a game that was quite rough on the New yeah. Zealand psyche. We lost to a team called France. It basically the... goes, darkest days in New Zealand history, landing in Gallipoli. Yeah. Uh, second 2007 quarterfinal. Yeah, yeah. So, like you know, <laughs> we're the favourites to win the World Cup and we lost the quarterfinal to France. Yeah. And so since, you know, the, in the nine years since then, we've gone on to be the best team in the world. But particularly at the last World Cup, what you saw, and this, the All Blacks have never confirmed this, but it was it's pretty obvious watching the games. Going through the pool games, the All Blacks were actually deliberately putting themselves under pressure yeah. in the games. Yeah. So they, they were slightly manipulating the games or running through almost practice scenarios within the games. Yeah. Um, they you, were. They and, weren't kicking the ball as much, gaining yeah. position. They were sort of holding on to it and putting themselves yeah. on the pressure. Yeah, yeah. Own, and own and you, could, and, you could tell yeah. within it they had little sub-goals that they were trying to reach. Yeah. And it just set them up really, really well when they did finally get to those tough games, you know, um, was it Wales? In yeah, the, the first quarter final, oh, yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, and, and they, they rose to the pressure and you could definitely see that they they benefited from having put themselves consistently through the pressure that they were about to handle. Yeah, And so, you know, you've put the point of, you know, train with people that are better than you. And if that if you can't access that, then you know there's other things you can do. You can put yourself under pressure. You can start a start a run slightly later than anyone else and try and catch up to them, or yeah, true. You know, yep. um, work in your long run when someone else is doing their tempo run and run part of it at their tempo pace. There's all sorts of little scenarios that that you can play out to to make yourself more resilient and and slowly callous yourself to be tougher yeah build yeah, that like mental that. toughness yep. yeah yeah absolutely mm. and one example that i'll give from my own training not in, in running but in actually in swimming yeah i, I did do a, i've done a couple of summers of swimming uh -huh. um when i had aspirations of being a triathlete triathlete that yeah that yeah. crashed and burnt but um anyway when i was getting into the swimming i was finding it hard to to breathe every three was, strokes was this in Harmston north no this was this was in auckland oh really yeah, this, is, this is more recent actually. wow okay yeah. um, we need to talk about this uh, <laughs> in more in depth at some stage but yeah go ahead. Well, we can um so I, I i was struggling with the swimming i'm not really much of a swimmer um mm. And I was I was trying to get used to the three strokes per breath. Yep. Um, and really struggling. I was finding I was out of breath, couldn't push any harder. Um, and so I got a couple of coaching sessions with um, what's his name, Brendan Foster. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Not a bad swimmer. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but he actually had a really good tip for me, and he said, "Look, in your training, I want you to do do drills or, or sets um, where you're actually swimming, breathing every five or seven strokes. Yep. So instead of trying to just get more comfortable at that three stroke level and just do that more, he was like, let's make it harder. Let's, mm. let's put some trauma in there um, so that you can get more comfortable at that three, uh, three stroke breathing pattern. Yep. Um, and it was amazing after just a couple of sessions of doing a, you know, a few hundred meters with five strokes or, or seven strokes come out and do some hard, 200s at, at, and they at feel three great. strokes yeah. yeah and 
felt amazing. Yeah. And it's exactly the same with running. Um, you know, often my beginner runners, um, you know, the casual adult runner um, who I get doing a half marathon, they do their first half marathon, then they came back, come back to beat their time. And they're mm. surprised when they look at their plan, like, oh, you've got me running longer than a half marathon yeah. for your long runs. Um, but the reason, of course, we do that is not only that physical adaptation, but building your aerobic engine, but also mm. getting the, um, the, the mindset of you can handle a 32K run. Mm. Um, you can definitely handle a 21K run. Yeah, um, yeah. And so it's that, that trauma and, like you yeah. say, that callousing of the, the mind. I often yeah. do this in, in training programs. And so I'd, yeah. I've even just mapped out and said, run from your house to here and back. And then inevitably the people map it out and go, but that's 32K. <laughs> I'm like, well, yep, do it. Um, and it, it's, it's funny, you were talking about swimming. A, a similar thing happened to me. I had a unique kind of um, coaching situation with Chris, Chris Sanson. So I was coaching him for his uh, running. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, I was training for Ironman, so he was coaching me for oh, my nice. swimming. Yeah. Uh, so worked out worked <laughs> out well for him. He he too he's a pretty good runner. I remained a terrible swimmer, <laughs> um, but I was struggling with my swimming sets, and I'd get to about one point eight. I get towards two k in a swimming session, and I just not want to be there. And I think it was just yeah. the time in the water. And then he said, "Just go swim five k." Yeah. I'm like, do it. There's no way. There's no way. Took me about three weekends, and he kept asking me, "Have you done that long swim? Have you done that long swim?" Your brain will die. Yeah. And so I really, I really callous myself, and I did it. And after that, the the three k, the standard three k, four k sessions were just no problem. Yeah. And I was swimming those. I was swimming the sets within that as fast as I was swimming my two k's. Yeah. And I, cool. I would have never finished the swim at Ironman if it wasn't for that one. 5k training session because it just yeah, nice. it, it you know took away that fear factor of god i don't know if i can swim that far yeah. now i'm glad it was a calm day because i would have <laughs> would have struggled if it was choppy but yeah sometimes it's it, it, it's just like a little sore on your toe you've got to you've got to rub it and stress it out and make it callous it up a bit yeah. and build that mental toughness yeah so Awesome. Hopefully that gives you guys some ideas to get out there and don't be afraid to put yourself through some hardship because ultimately running is a is a sport of dealing with um, discomfort and the more you can uh, withstand pain and, and get used to it, yeah. um, the better you'll be at the sport. And sorry if that comes across a bit negative, but no, it, no, is, yeah. it is the way of the sport. Um, yeah. And if it was easy, uh, everyone would do it. And it is yeah. easy, but um, if if you do want to elicit your best performance, um, you know, toughen up. Yeah, awesome. So, very good. Well, thanks for joining the show, everyone. We will be back next week with some coverage of the New Zealand Road Relays. In the meantime, happy running. Take care.